0: Greetings in the name of Christ, brothers and sisters. This is another sermon I did in 2012 at Hope in Christ Church. This one is titled, From the Cradle to the Grave. Okay. We're going to start out a little differently. We're not going to start out with a scripture reading that's going to come later on. As we look through scripture we see Jesus in four different forms throughout Scripture. Each one of these forms are different and each one of them show a different stage in the life of Christ. Our first stage that we see him in is as a baby, the baby Jesus, and we're talking about the fleshly Jesus and not the spirit Jesus that we would see in the Old Testament that's been around since the beginning. This baby Jesus is in the manger unable to walk, unable to talk, he's unable to feed himself, he's crying, he's fussing, he's just like a baby that each one of us have seen. Unable to care for himself, he's at his most vulnerable point. And this is the picture of the Jesus that we see at Christmas every year. You can go down through any town around this area, doesn't matter where, And you, nine times out of ten, somewhere, are going to see a nativity scene. Just from my journeys from my house to work, there is three of them that I go past every day. So this is a Jesus that we as a world will see. We don't see a crucified Jesus at Easter. We don't see Jesus anywhere else during any other time, but on Christmas we see the baby. The problem with this baby that we constantly see is this is what people have come to recognize Jesus as, is a baby. Even in the movie, Talladega Nights, which I don't recommend you watch, the star of the movie sat down to dinner and he started praying, and he said, Dear 8-pound, 12-ounce baby Jesus. And somebody corrected him, and he says, You, pray to the God you're comfortable with, I am comfortable with the 8-pound, 12-ounce baby Jesus, and that's who I will pray for. And throughout this movie, and it had a NASCAR theme to it, and throughout this movie, that's who he was praying to. He'd get in a sticky situation, it was the 8-pound, 12-ounce baby Jesus, and he'd cry out to the 8-pound, 12-ounce baby Jesus. And so, this is how America goes at Christmas time. This is the Jesus of Christmas, the 8-pound, 12-ounce baby Jesus in the cradle. We see live nativity scenes. Everybody's moving around. Jesus is in the cradle. He's in the manger. He's unable to walk. He's unable to talk. This little baby Jesus is a whole lot less offensive to our sin. It's a Jesus that we can be comfortable with and remain unchanged. It's a Jesus that doesn't confront us. You can walk up to Jesus, the baby Jesus, in his cradle. You know, you can walk up there and be in any type of sin you want to be in. Because this Jesus is not the Jesus that's going to confront us about our sin. It's not the one that, when we hit our knees, that's in that room with us. It's a little baby Jesus. He can't talk and he can't walk. And you you see this baby and, and these people are living the life that they want to live. You can be anything in the world that you want to be and walk up to the baby Jesus. You can make the choices you'd like to make without a care in the world about what this baby Christ is going to think because he's a baby. And he can't walk and he can't talk and he can't say anything to tell you you need to repent. You need to turn from your sin. We've seen a little bit after this baby who is not a redeemer, he's not a savior or a lord at this point. He is all of them as he's born, but he's still a baby. He is yet to... He was born a king, but he is really yet to rule and reign as king because he is a baby. We read a little bit about Jesus. He's about 12 I think it was in the temple reading the scroll. Next we see the adult Jesus. Nothing in scripture about what Jesus was like as far as his description. Nothing. But I have found a couple of things that I want to read to you. Now, mind you, this is not Scripture. These are individual accounts taken from the time of Jesus from outside sources, so they will not stand up with Scripture, not saying that they do. The following part that I'm going to read is was taken from a manuscript in the possession of Lord Kelly, and he was an Englishman, in his personal library, and was copy, copied from an original letter of Publis, Lentulus at Rome, it being the usual custom of Roman governors to advertise to the Senate and people of such material things as happened in the provinces in the days of Tiberius Caesar. Publius Lentus, president of Judea, wrote the following epistle to the Senate concerning the Nazarene called Jesus. There appeared in these days, and there appeared in these our days, a man of the Jewish nation Of great virtue, named Yeshua, which is the Jewish for Jesus, who is yet living among us, and of the Gentiles is accepted for a prophet of truth. But his own disciples call him the Son of God. He raiseth the dead and cureth all manner of diseases. Of man of stature, somewhat tall and comely, with very reverent countenance, such as the beholders may both love and fear. His hair uh, the color of the chestnut, full ripe, right, plain to his ears. Whence downward it is more orient and curling and wavering about his shoulders. In the midst of his head is a seam or partition in his hair, after the matter of the Nazarenes. His forehead plain and very delicate. His face without spot or wrinkle, beautified with a lovely red. His nose and mouth so formed as nothing can reprehend. His beard, thickish in color, like his hair, not very long, but forked. His look, innocent and mature, his eyes, gray, clear, and quick. In reproving hypocrisy, he is terrible. In admonishing, courteous, and fair-spoken, pleasant in conversation, mixed with gravity. It cannot be remembered that any have seen him laugh, but many have seen him weep. In portion of body, most excellent, his hands and arms are delicate to behold, In speaking, very temperate, modest, and wise. A man, for his singular beauty, surpassing the children of men. And again, that was part of a government document. And another letter concerning Jesus, and this one can be found in the Congressional Library in Washington, D.C. And this was written to Tiberius Caesar directly. A young man, it says, to Tiberius Caesar, a young man appeared in Galilee preaching with humble unction a new law in the name of the God that had sent him. At first I was apprehensive that his design was to stir up the people against the Romans, but my fears were soon dispelled. Jesus of Nazareth spoke rather as a friend of the Romans than of the Jews. One day I observed in the midst of a group of of people a young man who was leaning against a tree Calmly addressing the multitude, I was told it was Jesus. This could easily this I could easily have suspected so great was the difference between him and those who were listening to him. His golden colored hair and beard gave to his appearance a celestial aspect. He appeared to be about thirty years of age. Never have I seen a sweeter or more serene countenance. What a contrast between him and his hearers with their black beards and tawny complexions. Unwilling to interrupt him by my presence, I continued my walk, but signified to my secretary to join the group and listen. Later, my secretary reported that never had he seen in the works of all the philosophers anything that compared to the teachings of Jesus. He told me that Jesus was neither sedacious nor rebellious, so we extended to him our protection. He was at liberty to act, to speak, to assemble, and to address the people. This unlimited freedom provoked the Jews, not the poor, but the rich and powerful. Later I wrote to Jesus requesting an interview with him at the Praetorium. He came. When the Nazarene made his appearance I was having my morning walk and as I faced him my feet seemed fastened with an iron hand to the marble pavement and I trembled in every limb as a guilty culprit, though he was calm. For some time I stood admiring this extraordinary man. There was nothing in him that was repelling nor in his character, yet I felt awed in his presence. I told him there was a magnetic simplicity about him and his personality that elevated him far above the philosophers and teachers of his day. Now, noble sovereign, these are the facts concerning Jesus of Nazareth, and I have taken the time to write you in detail concerning these matters. I say that such a man who could convert water into wine, change death into life, disease into health, calm the stormy seas, is not guilty of any criminal offense, as others have said. We must agree, truly, this is the Son of God, your most obedient servant of Pontius Pilate. The next time that we see, and, and that's good, good, outside sources that speak of, of the Christ, of the Messiah. The next time that we see Jesus is following the cross, we see the resurrected Christ. And most notably I pulled them out of chapter twenty and twenty-one of John, where he speaks of the resurrected resurrected Jesus after his death on the cross. He appears to his disciples in chapter twenty as they sat behind closed doors. I have read in some circumstances that the doors were locked and he walked through the wall, but I didn't see that, so That's merely hearsay, but I do believe it probably could have happened because Jesus can do what he wants to do. In chapter 21, he appears to several of his disciples as they were fishing, and they did not know it was him. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And in Luke 24, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Amasis, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened, and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were holding that they should not know him. So now we see the resurrected Christ being able to have a different appearance than he did on earth. But yet they can still recognize him, but they don't really recognize him at times until he reveals to them that it's him. And then, in the book of Revelation, if you want to open your Bibles and please stand, we see the Christ that rules and reigns in heaven. In chapter 1, verse 12, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as to the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. So there we see Jesus talking to John from heaven. Now, turn to chapter 19, and we're going to see the Jesus that's going to lead the armies of heaven into battle. And we're looking at 1911. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse... that with, which with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with an iron or with the rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And you may be seated. This is the Jesus that now stands in heaven. Jesus is not a baby. He is not in a manger. He was. He is not anymore. This is the reason for the season, is the king that sits Mm -hmm. upon the throne. This is the king that we will celebrate the birthday of. Mm -hmm. Not the 8-pound, 12-ounce baby Jesus that's all non-offensive. We celebrate the birthday of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We bring baby presents and talk baby talk in this country to the King of heaven. Would each of you be okay if every year on your birthday people treated you as if you was a baby? If they made you, it doesn't matter if you were 30, 40, 50 years old, they made you put on a diaper and they sat you in front of a cake and made you eat it with your bare hands and took all sorts of pictures and talked baby talk and went ahead and pinched your little chubby cheeks. But yet that's really what we do with Jesus at Christmas time. We have not grown him up. And if we have not grown Jesus up, if we leave Jesus in that cradle, we have taken him from the throne and transgressed him back through, back through the resurrection, back through the cross, back through his ministry, and we've placed him right in the cradle yet again. And there we worshiped the little baby Jesus at Christmas time. And now if we've done that, if we put him back in the cradle, Where's the Savior? It's time to celebrate the true reason for Christmas. Mm -hmm. The birth of the Savior who has the keys to death and to hell. The one who was born to go on the cross to pay the debt for sin. The spotless Lamb of God who now rules and reigns. This is the Christ of Christmas not a small, helpless, 8-pound, 12-ounce baby, but a king who has not one, but as Revelation said, many crowns. The king, the one who convicts of sin, the one who changes the hearts of men and women, goes to the cross in our place and pays the price that we never pay. And again, He is the King. Ultimately the choice is going to be with each and every one of us. Whether we celebrate this time of year with family and friends as just another family gathering time or if it's going to be our time to celebrate the birth of the Savior. To celebrate the birth of the King. Are we going to to the, we're going to go to the throne this year and wish the Messiah, wish the King, wish the Lord a happy birthday? Or will we transgress back through time, back through the cross, back through the ministry of Christ and go stoop over the cradle with the wise men and very cuddly pinch Jesus' little chubby cheeks and tell him, Happy Birthday. Will the Jesus in your mind be the baby Jesus, all cute and cuddly, wrapped in his swaddling clothes in a manger in Bethlehem? Or will the Jesus, as we celebrate Christmas, celebrate his birth, be the one that sits at the right hand of God? Be the one that reigns from heaven with his hair in robe of white, his golden girdle, his eyes of fire, a tongue as a two-edged sword and whose name is written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. Amen. Go forth into Christmas time. See the manger scenes. Understand that that is an important, important time. That is the time that the Savior was born. But in order to truly save, he had to go to the cross, and he did. And now he is in his kingdom. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thus, we must go to that kingdom to celebrate the birthday of the king. Amen. 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 Amen? Amen.